Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi fans, welcome back to Large Almond Latte. Well, what a week it's been. Again, I can account for approximately zero of my week, except for 10 hours of it. I watched Upload on Prime. It's this show by the same guys as Parks and Rec, and it's like this sci-fi comedy set 20 years in the future, and you get to choose a digital afterlife. So I thought it was going to be like a really low involvement comedy, which is definitely what attracted me to it, but it kind of gets serious and a little bit emo, and it's really, really good. It's kind of like Black Mirror, but there are no shit episodes. Strong recommend. But honestly, like for such copious amounts of doing nothing all day, my body feels like it's been exercising like 12 hours a day. I think it's kind of like when someone's in a coma and they don't move, so they need to be stretched out to stop their muscles from seizing. My movement is now so limited, it's literally couch, fridge, bed. That I think my muscles are seizing up. It's not right. I actually feel like the old lady from Titanic. That's how old I feel right now. I need to get out of my house stat. Today on the podcast, I explore our totally weird and a little bit gross culinary habits that you fans have shared in the Facebook group Large Almond Latte Podcast. Then I review a Nicholas Sparks movie just like all the other Nicholas Sparks movies. This one is called The Lucky One. And of course, I'll leave you with a mind-blowing life changer at the end. As you may know by now, I'm on a relatively unsuccessful thus far mission to get rich. And I've realized I could probably write a cookbook of all the weird foods I eat, but I'm such like a marketing genius. I already know I just wouldn't have the audience take up, to be honest, because everyone thinks the weird foods I eat are totally disgusting. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm a basic bitch and I didn't have a nonna teaching me like generations old recipes when I was growing up. So I guess I made my own. This cookbook would even have a theme because all my weird foods include something raw. Yes, un cooked. Whatever. Don't at me. This first one is more of a snack. Like you could probably have it as a canapé at a gallery opening or something. It's so fancy. And I think I probably started eating this because I'm such a greedy bitch and I can't wait for dinner to be cooked. So I had to start eating it uncooked. So, okay. When I have sausages, I squeeze some of the raw sausage meat at the end and eat it. Like only in really tiny amounts because it's so rich. I don't know, there's just something about those ground-up hooves and unknown meat varieties that's really delicious. 
Next one. Okay. I'm really conscious of wasting food, but also like any other white child, I grew up with my mother telling me I had to finish my food because children in Africa were starving and didn't have any food at all. So when I cook palmers, which this palmers are going to be mentioned a few times in this episode. So I feel like I need to explain for the American listeners what that is. A palmer is a staple in Australia. It's chicken breast crumbed in breadcrumbs and eggs and then topped with a tomato sauce, ham or not ham, depending who you are, and then cheese. And then you put it in the oven and grill it. It's delicious. Anyway, so when I cook my palmers, I crumb the schnitzels myself. And I don't want to waste the leftover breadcrumbs and eggs. So I mix it up and eat it raw. And Actually, to be honest, sometimes I don't even have to cook palmas to do it. I'll just make myself some breadcrumbs and eggs as a snack. And fun fact for you Jews out there, you can replace the breadcrumbs with matzo meal during Passover. Honestly, it's just like a really frugal meal option. Recently, I have also been advised that you can actually mix up the leftover batter and fry them. So when you have the schnitzel, you can also have little bread balls, which I think would be like a really nice canne to serve next to the raw sausage meat at the gallery opening, (laughs) right? I am also accidentally so fancy with my food innovations because this next one is a French delicacy. Raw mince or steak tartare, if you will. It is so tasty. And okay, granted, the French probably aren't using three-star beef from Coles like I am, but whatever, same, same. Like, I will purposely cook tacos or spag bowl for dinner just so I can cook mince and then pick at it while it's raw. It's actually most perfect when it's half-cooked and just a little bit raw. Like when my mum would cook me spag bowl at home, I would make her cook my mince and take it out half cooked before she put sauce in everyone else's. And I would just have like plain pasta and half cooked mince. It's delicious. I I promise. Once I did go a little bit too far with my raw meat explorations, I think I was like maybe 15 or 16 and I was at my friend's house and we were cooking our own dinner, which was like a big deal because like our parents would always cook for us. And we were cooking like a chicken salad and I (laughs) picked at the raw chicken breast and my friend was like, what the fuck are you doing? You can't eat raw chicken. You're going to get sick. And I was like, what do you mean you can't eat raw chicken? I genuinely didn't know it would make you sick. And honestly, I had actually never done it before, but it looked really tasty. But then I was like super anxious I was going to get really sick for the rest of the night. And obviously I didn't. I'm living on the edge. But anyway, I did cease my raw chicken exploration after that event. But my raw beef game, on the other hand, is still going strong. So I don't know, guys, like, let me know if you're interested in this cookbook. I could totally put together some sort of Pete Evans-esque paleo cookbook for you. Fans, while none of you are dancing with salmonella quite like I am, if I opened up the book to general foods, I feel like we could have a pretty uh, terrible cookbook. Oh my God, or better yet, we could open a restaurant that exactly zero people would attend. For appetizers, you have the choice between Moni's grapes and sour cream, yuck, or Christina's hard-boiled egg in soy sauce. Ooh. 
both highly unappealing options, I'd say. For mains, we have the choice of Jess's tuna pizza, which honestly, when I imagine, I just think of a dead fish on top of a pizza, like a raw, straight from the ocean, just caught dead fish, whacked on a Domino's. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Or you could have Britney's toasted cheese and banana sandwich. Which cheese do you use on the toasted cheese sandwich, might I ask? It's plastic cheese and only plastic cheese. Or you could have Alex's Chicken Big Mac. That's a Big Mac with the chicken patty instead of the beef. Why would you ruin a Big Mac, Alex? That's a classic recipe. It's like it's like when Arnott's changed the recipe of shapes. It's a travesty. Finally, for dessert, only one choice, Mia's peanut butter and Oreo. And hang on, I'm not sure why that's on the menu because that genuinely is delicious. So in summary, that restaurant is definitely one that I would never in a million years want to attend. But honestly, what is more concerning than what we eat is how we eat it. We are all so cognizant and deliberate in how we eat, which for mine shows a real high level of privilege. But there is clearly a divide straight down the middle. There's the team that I would suggest like flavor and the team that can't handle more than one taste at a time. Half of us, the single flavor occupants, must eat everything on the plate separately. And there are different ways of doing this. Whether it's going round and round in circles like Polina, like she'll ha- if, she- if it's bacon and eggs, right, she'll have a mouthful of bacon, then a mouthful of egg, then a mouthful of bread, and then repeat. Or Even worse is like John and Laura, where every element needs to be completely finished before the next one starts. Very compulsively process-driven. Like if John eats a parma, he has a very strict order even. Chips, parma, salad. That's not even the right order. Everyone knows first the worst, second the best. If you leave the salad to last, like just don't even bother eating it at all, honestly. Or if he's having a magnum ego, it's layer by layer. Chocolate followed by caramel, followed by chocolate, and then the ice cream. Like honestly, is the ice cream not melted by then? Do you even get to enjoy the ego? Jess goes one step further, which I cannot comprehend. If she's having a burger and it's not at a place like my ISO cafe that actually serves deconstructed burgers, she will deconstruct it herself and eat it piece by piece, like bun, then cheese, then patty. Honestly, Jess, I feel like if you're going to ruin a burger and not eat it as it is made to be eaten, like I just suggest that you order something else next time. This sort of food intake honestly makes me so anxious because I'm on the other team that likes to mix everything together so I can taste all the flavors or so I can hide certain flavors. Like if I'm eating a parma, I don't want to taste that disgusting pack overdressed with vinegar salad. So I'm going to eat it because I want the health of it, but I will eat it with the parma so the taste is overshadowed by the delicious crispy chicken. But I'm not like loose with it. I still have some regimen as well. Like I need to finish every element on the plate at the same time. Honestly, fans, food is a really regimented process for us and I'm super hungry. So I'm going to take a quick break so I can have my second breakfast. The Lucky One is a feminist masterpiece. Sorry, what? Yes, I did say that. You know why? Because the lead female character is a whole three years 
older than the lead male, which aside from the graduate, which is an exception, never happens. It's always the other way around. Like Jack Nicholson and Dakota Fanning could basically star as high school sweethearts in a movie and nobody would even flinch. So yeah, it's a little bit feminist, but honestly, that's really the only element because aside from that, the main character, Beth, is a pretty helpless female and Logan is a big strong man that always saves the day. This movie is your classic Nicholas Sparks. Small southern town, army vets, an abusive ex, and some tears, if you know you've got a heart. I assume it's called The Lucky One because of how lucky Taylor Schilling is to get to have all those sex scenes with Zac Efron. I know you're like, oh, which Nicholas Sparks movie is this? They're all the same. So this one is the one about the army veteran that finds a picture of this girl in Iraq that becomes his lucky charm, so he goes to find her when he gets home to America. We open on Zac Efron in Iraq. He's the main character, Logan, and he finds this picture catching the light of the sun. So he gets up to go and inspect the picture. And just as he picks it up, a bomb goes off literally where he was just sitting. Wow, this picture saved his life. So then he goes and asks like three people if they know who the picture belongs to and none of them do. So he's like, okay, I'll go home. So... At home, he clearly has PTSD. Like, all these sounds keep setting him off. And he's staying with his sister in Colorado, and she's letting her kids just play COD in front of him, which is super triggering. And for mine, poor parenting on her behalf. And he's like, I need to get out of Colorado. So he gets on the interwebs, and he tries to find this lighthouse that's in the background of the picture, and he finds it in record time. Like, there must only be a handful of lighthouses in America, I guess. So the next day, he's like, right, I'm going to go to this lighthouse so I can find this girl. So he goes by foot. He walks from Colorado to Louisiana. That's 1,500 kilometers or 15 days. Like, they just brush over it. That's a movie in itself. Like, 15 days of walking. Where did he sleep? Where did he bathe? He would have gone through Dallas. I want to see that good time. But instead, we see him just get to the lighthouse, not even with sore feet, mind you. And someone recognizes the girl in the photo as Beth. She runs the dog hotel. So off he trots and we meet Beth, who's played by Taylor Schilling, aka Piper from Orange is the New Black. And her skin looks so good. She looks amazing. Definitely more than three years older than Logan, but amazing all the same. She assumes Logan's there to apply for a job as a pooper scooper. And he's like, "Mm, okay, I'll take it. But because he's a big, strong man and they're a house full of helpless women and a child, there's then a montage of him fixing all this other stuff that obviously the women couldn't do without him because Logan, strong man, Beth, weak woman. That's what you need to know. Enter the douchebag antagonist, who is Beth's baby daddy, her ex, and also the sheriff, classic Sparks. His daddy is also running for mayor and is the town judge. So this douche can literally do whatever he wants. I guess he's still hanging out with his kids so he can be around Beth because he really doesn't seem to like his kid at all because he doesn't play sports. So obviously he's going to hate Logan because he's super hot and hanging out with his ex-wife, but also So he's going to get real gel when he sees how much Logan really embodies the ultimate hot dad figure. Logan and this kid, Ben, become best friends. Like there are so many montages of them hanging out. They play chess, they dance, they row, they train the dogs together. There is like literally more screen time of them bonding than there is of Logan and Beth. 
So we get the picture that Logan is basically like a hot dad now. Wait, what? A hot dad? Well, in that case, he immediately has just become a million times more attractive to Beth because a hot dad is a primal desire. Like every mum knows that you see a hot dad, you immediately want to bang him because you want your child to be protected. And also nature wants you to continue to procreate. So she matches you up with hot dad so you can bang, bang, bang and baby, baby 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 anyway so he's super attractive and she can't concentrate even on washing the dishes anymore she is so thirsty it's on so then one day beth is throwing a full tantrum in the rose garden and logan comes and saves her from herself she opens up about her brother and how he's actually still considered missing in iraq and she doesn't know how he died which is so orcs because logan totally knows how her brother died and he still has that picture of beth which he hasn't told her about which is obviously her brother's. So I guess now would be a good time to say something, Logan, okay, or don't. Douchebag dad Keith shows up and he gets handsy and a little bit abusive with Beth. And obviously Logan comes and saves the day. And Keith is absolutely seething that he's been outmanned by Logan at this point. And Logan's like, Beth, what the fuck? Why did you procreate with this douchebag? And more classic sparks. She's like, It was senior year. I thought I was in love with the quarterback. He's like, oh, right, fair enough. So then they go on a date. It's on. So while they're on the date, she just talks about herself nonstop. Like Logan doesn't even get a word in. And she takes him to this boat that she used to go out on all the time with her parents before they died. Guess how? In a car crash. More classic sparks. And obviously the boat doesn't work anymore because there are no men around to fix it. So you know he's definitely going to sneak back on that boat and fix it for her. Then they hook up, but it's only PG. Disappointing. The next day, she watches him in slow motion lift really heavy bags of dog food onto a truck. Sweaty, muscles, good scene. Oh, and guess what? Now he's fixing the boat. And by that, I mean he's literally just putting oil in it. Right. While he's working on the boat, the power goes out. So, of course, he has to go to Beth to see if she's okay because a woman cannot possibly manage on her own when the power goes out. I mean, she's probably scared of the dark. And, okay, I actually don't know why I'm mocking this because I don't know what to do when the power goes out. Anyway, they hook up again, PG styles, whatever. Douchebag dad is peeking with jealousy after he sees Logan's hot dad appeal at Ben's birthday party. So he threatens to take Ben away from Beth using his daddy's power as the town judge. Beth is like, fuck off, you're a douchebag and everyone knows I'm a sick mum. You would never get custody. Feeling super empowered after she finally lays it to her baby daddy, she marches in to the second hottest Nicholas Sparks shower sex scene. The first hottest is obviously the longest ride with Scott Eastwood and Britt Robertson. It is tops. You need to watch that stat. Anyway, this one, it's an outdoor shower with her and Logan, and it's quick and rough. But then, obviously, they have romantic, sexy times indoor afterwards because it's more than just a booty call. It's love. It's slow-mo, and there's piano, and Zach's Rick, and they also squeeze each other's but so much. It's it's so weird. Like, is that a thing? I am so deep into this scene that I forgot he still hasn't actually told her why she's here. And after a charming musical duet between Logan and Ben at church, Keith flips 
a switch and he breaks into Logan's house. Oh my God. And then he finds the picture. I mean, to be honest, serves you right, Logan. Like you should have definitely told her why you're here. At this point, it turns into a real thriller. Who's going to get to Beth first? Will it be Keith? Will it be Logan? It's, there's a knock at the door. It's Keith. He tells her everything. She's devo. So then Logan gets to her house and she tries to be like, no. But I mean, look at Zach's face. Who would say no to that? So she gives in and Logan then has this Oscar-worthy monologue where he explains how the picture saved his life. He's like, finding something like that in a war zone is like finding an angel in hell. It's brilliant, honestly. Understandably, she's still super upset. She's like, that picture was meant to save my brother's life. You should go home. But before he leaves, Logan tells Ben he's his best friend and gives him his dog tags. It's super sweet. The next night, there's this huge storm and Keith is getting lit. Maybe his day off, I guess. He goes to Beth's house and he's like so desperate. He's like, let's get back together. And she's like, fuck no. And he's like, okay, I'll take Ben. And then Ben hears this. So he runs out of the house into the middle of the storm idiot, to his treehouse, which he has to cross a rope bridge over the river to get to. This kid is so dumb. Ben gets halfway across the rope bridge before he's like, oh shit, this was such a bad idea. And he's in deep trouble. So he freezes. Keith has followed him out onto the rope bridge to save him, like the one good thing he's ever done as a parent. But they're both on the bridge and the winds are howling and the rope bridge breaks and they both fall in the water. Remember in Home and Away when Michael died in the storms, like he drowned in the raging river? It's exactly like that. So they're both in the water and Keith finds Ben and he he holds on to him, but they're under the treehouse. And then out of nowhere, Logan comes and rushes into the water and Keith is like, you grab Ben, my foot's stuck. So Logan grabs Ben and takes him to the side of the water where he's safe. And then he's like, I'm going to go back in and get Keith because obviously Beth is just standing on the side of the water doing nothing because helpless woman. So he goes back in to get Keith, but then the treehouse drops onto his head. And then Logan's like, oh, well, he's done. Like he just gives up. He's not even going to try and save him. Obviously, he secretly wants him dead. He is dead. And I really hope that this kid realizes that he has just killed his dad. He is 100% to blame for his dad's death. So later that night, nobody's really too cut up about Keith's death. They're not even in shock, to be honest, because on the plus side, it now means that Logan and Beth can live happily ever after. Logan explains that he was going to leave, but before he left, he had to tell Beth that he knows how her brother died. And he died a hero, saving his friend. Then he goes to leave back on the 15-day walk back to Colorado and she's like, Logan, wait. And she stops him in the middle of the road and they make out as the sun rises. Cute. Then the closing scene, we see Beth, Logan and Ben sailing into the sunset on the boat that Logan fixed. The end. I give this movie a 7 out of 10 because it's obviously really good, but there's just not enough shirtless Zac Efron for mine. Like, it's no Baywatch standard, but definitely pleasurably watchable. And now it's time for your weekly life changer. It's impossible to hum while you're holding your nose. You definitely just tried it, didn't you? 
Thanks for listening to La Jarman Latte. If you loved the podcast, you can subscribe on Apple and give us five stars if you're feeling super generous or follow us on Spotify. You can join the low involvement discussion by following us on Instagram at La Jarman Latte Podcast or join the Facebook group at La Jarman Latte Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.